Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Oh, there we go. Thanks, mate. Look at that. Why don't you stand up with me? Sorry about that. I know it's all a little bit awkward. Hi to everybody uh, joining us online. I'm not sure if my big booming voice needs to come down before I yell. They, um, uh, hi to everyone joining us online in Armidale, in Bendemeer, uh, I think, uh, this afternoon. Um, obviously in Gaira and Gunnedah, and probably the guys on the coast this afternoon. It's good to see you all, good to have you all in the room. I think this message is going to be good for all of us, and I think you'll, um, God's going to do a work. If you've never been to church before, um, we believe this. We believe that when God's people gather, that the Bible is true, and it says that He is there right in the middle of it all. And the surest thing, I tell you what, if, if just I'm here today, uh, this might be all right, might be slightly entertaining, slightly challenging, slightly encouraging, but if God is as he says he is, and we believe he is, present in the midst of us, moving amongst us, doing a work in your heart and mind, if that's going on, you're in a pretty special place this morning. And so that's what we're believing to go on, where you are right here where we are, And so let me pray, and then let's come to this. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person gathering today. Lord, I pray you take this word and you do something extremely pivotal and powerful, Lord, in every person's life. I pray that people wouldn't be able to shake it, Lord. Uh, And it wouldn't just be that they couldn't shake it, but that they'd want to act on it, that faith would rise and your spirit would stir and something would go on, Lord, that leaves people fundamentally changed on the inside, that would show up on the outside and in their life, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, why don't you give someone a wave? Great. Yeah. Want to know how to make church awkward? Just hang around me long enough. We'll do that for you. Well, it's great to, great to see you all, great to be with you all uh, this morning and uh, really looking forward. Hope you can be Uh, part of church next week, wherever you are for Vision Sunday, where we really lay out the year. And uh, what we talk about is what we expect to do. We don't make promises. We don't think that God's in or that we can't keep. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Remember to pray for the Harvey family as they, um, and those close to Gwen especially, as they continue to, you know, mourn and grieve. And as we continue to pray for all of them, um, thank you to everybody who was there on Tuesday, whichever day, sorry, the days become a blur sometimes. Thanks, Di, Tuesday. Thank you for being the church of Jesus and people of God and loving and honouring, um, loving the family well and honouring Gwen so well. Let's continue to pray for them. Here's my question for you today. Where in your life is it time to draw a line in the, in the sand? Where in your life? Is it time for you to draw a line in the sand? Um, uh, in 1992, seems like yesterday to me, some of you weren't even born. In 1992, I stood in a church service like this. At the end of that church service, they gave a, what they call in those days an invitation to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I went to the front. I don't remember what they preached on. I went to the front of the service. I prayed a prayer that forever changed my life as I surrendered my life to who Jesus is and what Jesus had done and opened it up to all that he had 
in, you know, in store this life and especially in the life to come. And, and that line in the sand moment, my life can be like cut into 21 years of age. There is life before that moment and there is life post that moment. And those two lives look radically different, even though I'm the same personality and nothing much changed to look at, um, has since, um, but it didn't then. And, but, but the reality is that something went on. And that, that's what God wants to go on in every single person's life. This, this line in the sand moment as it relates to him that forever changes your life in this life and the life to come. He wants that work to go on. Um, and, and so in 1992, we might get this image on the screen. I used to work for dairy farmers on the night shift. I was 21 years of age, and we used to have milk vats uh, that like this in the night sky over Sydney. I was up the top of those milk vats at the time they announced the 2000 Olympics, and the fireworks went off all across Sydney. It was incredible. But I used to climb up those milk vats every night because in those days, they didn't put chains on the bottom. I'm sure they do today. And I'd climb up there every night on my break and I'd eat my lunch or whatever meal that is on the night shift in the middle of the night and I would just take in Sydney and the night sky and I would often sing this song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And every day in my out-of-key voice, up on those vats, I would sit there and I would sing that song and remind myself and stir my spirit that I've made a decision, that I'm following Jesus. And if my friends don't go with me, yet I will follow. And if someone at church decides they're going to live a half-baked life, I'm not going, I will follow. I'm following Jesus. If my best mate who did actually made some really bad decisions as we follow Jesus, I'm still following Jesus. And whatever went on, I've just decided, I've drawn a line in the sand. And, and, and those of you who know me at least know this, that I don't live my faith half-hearted. Is it perfected? Absolutely not. You know that as well. But is it half-hearted? I don't think so. And because why? There was a line in the sand and I stepped across that line and I've gone, I have decided to follow Jesus. And you know, in difficult times today, I still sing that song, still get there and sing it and just stir my spirit with it, though many follow and many are alongside me. I remind myself, even if everybody left, I'm going to follow Jesus. Line in the sand moments that absolutely change our life. Can you think of one in your life that has fundamentally changed you? And, and as we sit here today, where in your life is it time to draw a line in the sand? For, you know, for some people, it's just to move from um, unforgiveness into like radical forgiveness, isn't it? It's just like, I just need to draw that line in the sand. Um, uh, in these last two years where I think everything's pretty fluid and people are adaptable, one of the side effects of that is people of faith, some of them have drifted. And the reality is that some people need to draw a line in the sand on the drift that's going on in their life and they need to just make a decision that they're going to live devoted to Jesus moving forward. No more drift. I'm stepping and I'm drawing a line in the sand. That was yesterday. That might have even been 35 minutes ago. And they are moving into the God-appointed next, what God has called them to. From negative self-talk to positive godly confessions, you know, all kinds of things. Maybe it's, it's, it's from 
dwelling on the negative to seeing good in things. That'd be a great change in the media-driven world that we live just to go, you know what? So much good going on. Our daughter, as some of you know, is just, our eldest daughter has just left home. And good news is Katie's never going to leave home. And, and um, the, the, the Belle's just left home. And, and depending on what I dwell on today will end in sadness or joy. And so I just want to take all this good, all the joy and suck the life out of that. And what about you? Is it, is it time to draw a line in the sand on the things and the thoughts that have dominated your thinking in recent times? And just draw a line in the stand and step into next, surrendering all to Jesus and getting baptized. I'm not sure if there's water in the pool. There is. We could baptize you today. Still water in the pool. And, and, and I think, you know, that that is the biggest decision. That is the defining decision that you can make. And maybe you've made it. Maybe you've got, I've made it before. Maybe you need to make it again. You know, I regularly, like across my life, have recommitted my life to Jesus, even though I'm completely a Christian. I know I'm going to heaven. I'll just get there and re-surrender all over again. I want to keep that front and center that I live out of that place. What about you? Turning the business you lead into something that does more than just supplies you. Imagine that. Imagine people who live and lead businesses that actually serve purposes bigger than themselves, serve the poor, build Jesus Church, are a blessing to many. And I know in this building right here this morning and where you are, there's many businesses like that. But for some people, they just need to draw a line in the sand and step into a decision. So here today, and where you are, I'm convinced, I'm absolutely convinced that God is stirring some of us, that he's going to move some of you very shortly after this to line in the sand moments, to line in the sand decisions. So with that in mind, I want to take you to three examples in rapid time and then bring you to a way to move forward in this. The first one is Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1, verse Two. So this is God's people, Israel, Old Testament, and this is what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to build, rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house, talking about God's house, remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you, you, you just never fall. You, you put on clothes, but they're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. I've got a memory place like that. It's just got holes no matter what I do. Somehow it disappears. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy about their own house. And so the people of God respond to this. They're like, yes, we can see that. We own it. And we, we even own what we've been telling ourselves, that it's not time yet. And yep, Haggai, we get that this is God speaking to us via you. And so then it goes on and says, Um, it says what, sorry, I lost my way. It says what God does next and how uh, it begins to shift. And they said about the things that matter to God. And, and in, in that line in the sand moment, they go from their plans frustrated from God, which is what the Bible says here, to favored by God. They go from the spiritual state of the community being a place in ruins left to somebody else 
to becoming a place in revival that their families are at the center of. And of course, they set up a legacy that establishes the next generation actually to flourish and thrive and rise. All from a line in the sand moment where they respond to God's spirit and say, yep, enough's enough. That's the first one. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 to 13 is a personal one. The apostle Paul's speaking and he says, though I myself has reason for such confidence, he's talking about in his own self-righteousness. If someone else thinks they have reason to be put confidence in the flesh, put confidence in their good works, he's saying, I have more. And he talks about his religious tradition. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamite, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness of the law, I'm faultless. Like this guy, he lives it. He says, but whatever, whatever were to my gain, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Jesus. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, that comes from my good, but that which is through faith in Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Jesus or Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And then I love this shift of gear. Not that I've already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. Listen to this. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, hey, I've made a decision. I've drawn a line in the sand. I'm a follower of Jesus. And whatever's behind me, I'm done with that. And whatever's in the past, it's done. The good, the bad, the indifferent, the mistakes, the sin, all of it, I want you to know I've drawn a line in the sand. I'm following Jesus. And this is what I do. I forget what's behind and I press on to what's ahead. And, and so there's before and how he lived. And then there's, there's his line in the sand moment and the decision he's made. And then there's moving into the future a line in the sand moment. In Joshua chapter one, Joshua and the generation with him are standing by the Jordan River. They're about to cross into what um, the ancient Jews would call the promised land, what the Bible calls the promised land, the place God had promised to, to deliver them into. And as they stood there, they come to a line in the sand moment where Joshua and those with him have to say, they're about to cross the Jordan, which will be their line in the sand, and they've got to say goodbye to what was and step into what's next. It's a line in the sand moment and everything is going to shift. The future changes forever. The way their life looks day by day changes forever. So drawing a line in the sand, taking from Joshua and these things, I just want to help us do that today. So here are some thoughts on drawing a line in the sand, whatever it is that we need to draw a line on the sand around today. So here's number one thought. Number one thought is this. One just to name it. What's, your, what's the line in the sand that you need to draw? What is the line in the sand? The, the Jerusalem community 
community we read about in a, a moment ago in Haggai. They had to draw on a line in the sand that they were just living life for themselves. And there's a line in the sand, and now they're going to step into their God appointed next. That, that was their line. Paul, it was his personal conviction that he was living this self-righteous life, and he needed to draw a line in the sand that from this day forward, he's living for Jesus. And here with the, the Joshua generation, they'd come out of the incredible exodus that God had brought about out of Egypt, the most powerful of nations in the ancient world, empires in the ancient world. And they step out of the exodus and they walk through the wilderness and they come to the Jordan and a generation's pass and now they've got to draw a line in the stand, sand and step into promise. They're going to go across the Jordan and everything's about to shift. What, what is the line in the sand do you believe that God would want you to draw today? I wonder what it is. I drew a line in the sand at the end of last year and the um, beginning of this uh, without going into it. I just determined that I'm not going to live a moment longer than is absolutely necessary in discouragement. I found that I was just more discouraged than normal and I was taking longer to recover than normal. Now the psychs in the room can think about that and whatever and I'm sure you've got thoughts on that. But for me, I just went, you know what? I, I'm Moving forward, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Circumstances aren't necessarily going to change that have caused a discouragement. And even what's trending might not change in terms of what's causing discouragement. But I'm drawing a line in the sand, and from this moment forward, I'm not going to linger even a moment longer. I'm going to learn to do this in discouragement than I absolutely need to. Instead, I'm going to live, with, live and lead with courage, courage that won't be denied and won't be delayed. That's my line in the sand. And I'm, I'm, every time I feel discouragement rise from that moment to this, that's my determination. No. Discouragement does not get to rule my life. It doesn't get even to slow me down. It doesn't get to leave me flat longer than I absolutely must. I've drawn a line in the stand. I'm going to live and I'm going to lead with courage and nothing's going to delay it and nothing's going to divert it. And that's my line in the stand. I think that will show up changing not only my life, but the, hopefully the influence and the effect of my life and those around them. What, what is it for you? What do you need to name? Let's name your line in the sand. That is time for it to happen. That's number one. Number two, it's just determined that the past, whatever it is, ends here. I remember hearing Pastor Brian Houston say, and uh, just as a matter of fact, why the tabloids have all sorts of commentary on it, and you might have an opinion on it, that we should pray for one of the great leaders of the church in, in our times. Has he made mistakes? Probably. Has he been a man of God? Absolutely. Is he champion? He and Bobby Houston champion the church in Australia? You bet they have. All around the world. And the best thing you and I can do is not have an opinion, in my view, but is have a life of prayer for them. Pray for miracles. Pray for breakthrough. Pray that something only God goes on in them and for them and through them. And I just encourage you around that. Okay, that's the end of my diversion. The past ends here. Think about Joshua. Joshua's about to lead a generation into one of the great promises that ever came to pass in biblical history. And it's incredible. And so he's got to leave, a, 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 he's got to leave behind the miracle of the Exodus, carry the heart of the miracle through so he keeps believing, but let that go. You know, the, not trying to have another Exodus and repeat that. He's got to let that go. He's also got to let go of the period of the wilderness. And I want us to think about this for a moment. So it's easy to sit here and think, oh, well, Joshua, mate, what happened was incredible, and it was. 
But Joshua, by this age, is probably in his 60s. And, and this promise that he's about to lead the next generation into was meant to happen when he was in his 20s. His peers backed out, stepped away. Joshua spent 40 years wandering in a wilderness with a generation. And now they're gone and he's got to do the work that they left undone. There'd be some things to let go of there, wouldn't there? Like bitterness, disappointment at his peers. Like, um, guys, by this stage, I should have my kids in the promised land. We should be all set up and they should be prospering and I should be settled down. But instead, I'm 65 years old and now I've got to lead this. I've got to go to war for the next 14 years so that the next generation can then step into it. There, there would have been plenty for Joshua to let go and to draw a line in the sand, sometimes there's part of the past that just needs to end here, whatever that is. And, and as you think about your line in the sand, what is that past? What's the thing that won't help us? I always want to live loyal to the past. But as that's why I was talking about Pastor Brian. I, I always want to live more committed to the future. I want to live loyal when I go to conferences that we're involved with. My plan is always to catch up with someone young and invest in the future and someone who's now retired who's helped me in the past who can't help me moving forward. I want to make sure I'm putting into their life and staying loyal to them. I want to be loyal to the past, but we want to be more loyal to the future. So what needs to just be sunk into the past and let go of so that you can draw your line in the sand and move into the future and just, just dealing with it, letting go. I love Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us cast off the sin that so easily entangles and get rid of the things that hinder, just the things, not even sin, just the things that hinder it. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith who endured the cross and you know, all of its shame. And, and so sometimes just let go. What, what's, what would hinder you moving forward? What would hold you back moving forward? Just let it end here. Let's deal with that. Number three, next starts here. What is it that, that you're stepping into? What is it that you're going after? What is it that we're making a change around? What, what is that? I identify that, articulate that. And um, I remember uh, in 2014, I was in uh, what was our original church building for the very last time. It had just been sold. And I was there just thanking God for the miracle that was the church and the story that we'd been able to be part of to that point in time. And so for the last time where I'd owned a key because I had to give it to the next owner or keep it and just break in, but probably not the right thing for someone who does what I do. And uh, so I'm there for the last time being able to pray. I'm just in the building and I'm praying for the very last time, thanking God for the miracle of people's lives and our church and all he'd done to that point. And then I just had this thought enter my mind, Darren, go to the end of Deuteronomy, the beginning of Joshua. And it's this point where, the point where we are here with Joshua, where it was the end of the era of the enlarging tent under Moses and now they were about to have a line in the sand that set them up to step into their expanding future. I felt like that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to me, Darren, that's the shift. I mean, we, if you weren't around, we had since 2005 built a church on one promise, Isaiah 54. If those of you were here, it's like enlarge the place of your tent, you'll expand to the left and right. And here I was in a moment, like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me going, now I'm going to expand and, and obviously from 2014 to now like 
new churches have come and we've helped churches rebuild and move forward and go past where they were and we're all set up for the future. We've seen that go on and we continue to build for more and believe God for what He's doing. And, And for you, in the same way, what's next that starts here? Because when God stirs a line in the sand moment in our heart, He's up to something. I always want to be suspicious about God being up to something. I don't want to be suspicious, but I want to be suspicious that God is up to something. I think He always is. And He's up to something in your life. You know, in Haggai, the line in the sand He brought them to was to bring about an incredible shift. And in Joshua, the line in the sand He brought them to was to bring about an incredible future. And in Paul's life, the sign... The, the, the line in the sand that he brought him to was to bring about a miracle future that ripple effects even to this day and this very moment in this gathering. That's why God brings us to line in the sand. And so what's the line in the sand he's bringing you to? What is that? Then my last thought, I won't go into it, is this takes hunger. This takes hunger. As I wrap, I don't know if we got the images there of our little bendy church. Have we got them, Renee? There it is. I love this. This, look at the white picket fence. This is like my dream church. And uh, the next picture there, white picket fence. And when we took that on, we said to the guys who were going to pass, we said, we want it to feel like a wedding venue that people ask us, can they get married in? Um, And it's amazing how many people have already asked, can they get married there? And um, if you're wondering, no, you can't at this stage. But... um, but the reality is that church, if you go there on a Sunday afternoon, it's a great little church, it's going great, incredible worship, good team of preachers, wonderful community. After the service, the picket fence on the other side of there, they, they mow the cricket pitch for the hour of after service. We get out there and we have a hit. There's an ice cream stand for the kids and the adults. And there's an ice cream stand there. And do those things, do they impact heaven? I don't know, but I'll tell you what they say they, they, they would get in there in the three months leading up they got in there and transformed that building inside and out just worked at night did some Saturdays they think about over and above and extras and what does that look like on a Sunday what is that? it's, it's hunger we, we've not asked them to do any of that we've not said you have to do this but within them there's a hunger there's a stirring to go we want a great church at the centre of this community and all the rural properties around it and it's hunger within them that actually stirs this to go on and I reckon I reckon that it's hunger in us that our line in the sand needs if it's not there that's a problem right but we can stir that into being I've had to stir hunger in me for things into being plenty of times so have you we can stir that into being we bring that before God what a way in this 21 days of prayer and fasting to do something, whatever that looks like for you, and just go, God, I'm just, I'm just seeking you. I need the hunger Dad's talking about because hunger changes things. If we took that same scenario and gave them all the resource of the chapel and, and, and just went, go start a church, and we had someone without hunger, that church would not look like that. There would not be cricket games. There would not be ice cream stands. There would not be the the excellence and the commitment and the community that they've oh, just wouldn't be there. Why? All the same resource, same location, but just needs hunger. And so maybe this 21 days, if I'm honest, is about going, God, I just need you to stir for the first time or for the first time in a little while, 
or for the first time in a long time as we move through a global pandemic and go, I need that fire on the inside of me. I need that fire on the inside of me. Again, it needs to go on. It'll change our life. It'll change my life. It does and it will. It does. It changes our life. Let's Come on, we know, right? Some of us, that is our line in the sand this morning. You arrived here with none and now you've got one. That there needs to be a fire stir on the inside of you as it relates to the way you live for and serve Jesus and build His church and reach the community around us. There's a fire that needs to go on on the inside. And that's just time in His presence. That's time in His Word. And that's coming going, God, I'm here. I want you to speak. I want you to move. I want you to stir something in me. And I reckon if we start there, something good will go on across this year and in your life, through your life. Let's live lives that are not frustrated by God, but favoured by Him as we step into this year. Amen? All right. Well, I'm not sure who's coming, but while that person does, why don't you stand and let me pray. Heavenly Father, pray for every single one of us here today. I look at the people we've mentioned, Lord Joshua and Haggai and Paul, and you compelled them to lines in the sand that were not only in their best interest, but way more than that. And today I pray for that in our lives, me too. Lord, continue to draw us and compel us to line in the sand moments that would Lord, change, Lord, our lives from the inside out, the trajectory of the future. Lord, even, Lord, the, 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 the community that we live amongst, the family that we live in. So I commit every person to you, Lord. May we be able to name it, help people to let the past go, help people to see the future you call them to. And Lord, may you stir a hunger in each one of us as it relates to what you're calling us to and all the things that matter to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just give a round of applause. Thank our Pastor Daz for an incredible word. I'm very spoiled by you. Um, so I've just got a quick few announcements. Um, the first one is we do have 21 days of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow, the 7th. Um, we're going to be having every Monday morning during that 21 days, 6.30 a.m. prayer meetings here at church. If you want to come, be a part of it and set our weeks up every week during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's Saturday, sorry. Oh, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, my gosh, we're committed here, people. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, and then we also have next Sunday is Vision Sunday. Um, so that's for the 13th next Sunday, and that's just going to be our senior pastors, Pastor Daz and Pastor Bron, just setting up the vision for the year 2022. Um, we're going to be hearing from both the senior pastors and the local campus pastors or service pastors in the area, just for what their vision is and what they're wanting to lead us into, um, just direction and big picture, some of the things that we're going to be involved in this year. It's going to be an incredible Sunday. I encourage you to get along to that. Um, we do also have um, just a for the prayer and fasting vision Sunday all that kind of stuff just keeping up to date with everything at church there is QR codes on the seats in front of you if you do scan them um, it could take you directly to the chapel's website and they'll just keep you up to date with everything that's going on in church life um, you can also access through there our tithes and our offerings um, if you are planning to give tithes and offerings you've give, 
go through the QR code. There's also a few ways to give online or even in person if you want to know where the cash box is. It's usually up the back. Just ask a familiar face and we'll be happy to point you in the direction. And we just pray that anyone that wants to be involved in that one is just going to be blessed and going to be honoured by God for that. Um, We do also have prayer. Um, Just to the right of the stage after every service, we have a team full of people that would love to pray for you. Anything at all that you've got coming into prayer and fasting or just your weeks, come over to the side of the stage and we'll be happy and we would love to pray with you. Um, We do also just have uh, anyone new or visiting um, out the front there, we've got a welcome lounge. We would love to get to know you, come introduce yourself, we'll get you connected. Um, We've also got tea and coffee. Um, Outside there's picnic tables, playground. If you've got kids, let them run crazy. Um, We also have this Wednesday, 6.30, a Youth Connect for Year 6 to 12 students. Um, it's going to be at the Moores House, 6.30 Wednesday. Um, and if you want more details, you can ask our youth pastor, Luke Bunnell, for more details on that one. And we've also got worship team night this Wednesday night at 6.30 here at church. Um, if you're like me and you're super talented, I'm actually a professional beatboxer. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> just come along. Pastor Bronnie assured me that. Even though there's so much talent here, there is still so much need. So if you can play an instrument, if you can sing, anything like that, get to our Wednesday night meeting this Wednesday and we'll be so awesome. Um, We're going to host an awesome night for the worship team. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.